So this morning we'll continue to unfold the instructions, the suggestions for the practice, and really keeping in mind, and heart and mind, that um, all the practices that we're exploring in this retreat, uh, all of them are uh, about reducing unnecessary dukkha. Yeah, all about that, the reduction uh, of dukkha. So, for example, yesterday we were exploring the, you know, this arising of the push and pull yeah, on experience as an escalation of, uh, of the Vedana, yeah, and taking the Vedana as a fact. Yeah. And we take it as a fact rather than as a conditioned and conditioning thing. And we were exploring the possibility of not following that habit of reactivity. Yeah. And instead uh, of bringing meta to the experience, yeah, that's kind of what we were uh, exploring. And we may have noticed as we were doing that 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 calms the build-up of the unnecessary dukkha. Yeah, calms the build-up of unnecessary dukkha. Today um, we're going to explore, get to know uh, the felt sense of dukkha. Uh, in the body and in awareness, yeah? how it co-arises with contraction, uh, which I think we can pretty see, we can see pretty clearly that that contraction <laughs> is an unnecessary layer of dukkha on experience. Yeah, unnecessary. Yeah? Something beautiful arises, and that contraction around it. Yeah, that's unnecessary. Yeah, for the enjoyment of it, for the appreciation of it the experiencing of it. So we're going to explore that felt sense, yeah, the co-arising of dukkha and contraction, and then going directly to relieving dukkha through easing the contraction. Yeah? That's, our, that's our exploration. It's an exploration. Yeah? An exploration. It's a way of looking also, it's important to say. Yeah? So we're less interested um, in these practices. We're less interested in ultimate truths. Yeah? We're more interested in what uh, eases ill-being and promotes, supports well-being. Yeah? So we're, we're trying things out in our own experience to see. So yesterday in the talk, I said more times than I can count <laughs> that, um, and I'm going to say it again, that dukkha co-arises, yeah? It co-arises with other things, yeah? And that question of when dukkha is there, what else is there? Yeah? What else is there? Seeing that dukkha arises with tanha, T-A-N-H-A, yeah? Usually translated as craving. You know, we speak about it um, as demand on experience, yeah? And it kind of becomes that push-pull, yeah? So from the Vedana, the Tanha, the push-pull, yeah? and kind of gradually escalating uh, more and more. And Dukkha also co-arises with a sense of self, yeah? or we can say a stronger, a louder sense of, there's somebody here yeah? to whom this is happening or around which experience revolves. 
And so seeing that mutual dependency yeah, is quite a gateway to, to freedom for us. Yeah? Seeing that mutual co-arising, yeah, to use the language of the teachings. Yeah? When one is there, the others are there. Yeah? And they can be more subtle or more gross. Yeah? When there's dukkha, there's that push-pull on experience. Yeah? And there's a sense of yeah, more denseness more loudness of a sense of somebody here, yeah, to whom this is happening, we can say, around whom this is revolving. So when we speak, I'll just say this, uh, because I'll be speaking about tanha in in quite a bit this morning. We speak about tanha, um, so we use interchangeably, I may say tanha, I may say demand, I may say push-pull, I may say craving, yeah, it's the same kind of territory that we're talking about. These are all ways of talking about the same thing. And the literal translation of tanha, thirst. Yeah? Thirst. That's literally what the word means. It's that <laughs> yeah? That thirst, that thing in us that is looking, looking, looking. Yeah. Yeah. And what is interesting for us in our practice, and particularly in the practice that we'll be exploring today, is that with tanha, with dukkha, with a sense of self, there's also contraction. Yeah. There's also contraction that also co-arises. And we can feel this contraction in the body. Yeah. I remember doing something funny with that yesterday. I can't quite remember what it was about, so I won't repeat it. We can feel the contraction in the body. Yeah, really, literally, sometimes tension, yeah, contraction, limitation in the body. We can also feel it in the space of awareness. Yeah, we've been speaking about how, you know, especially around the unpleasant, when there's something unpleasant, the attention focuses on it. Yeah, and we can start to become sensitive how, when there's something that's unpleasant, the awareness shrinks around it, gets smaller around it, and that amplifies. Yeah, it's as if that's the only thing there. Yeah, and a lot of the practice we've been doing has been opening that awareness again, which supports us to see there's more than that. Yeah? We can start to understand how that not only happens with the unpleasant, also happens with the pleasant when that whole co-arising happens. Yeah? So, I don't know, maybe we're sitting here and we like woodpeckers and we'll hear that of the woodpecker pecking a tree. Yeah, and that'll be a pleasant sound to us, but the attention goes towards it. Ah, is it going to do it again? Yeah, listen, listen. Now, it, it's not bad in itself, yeah, important to say, but we're interested to see what happens with that and to see there's a quality of shrinking and contraction happening there. Does that make sense to people? Yeah, we're interested in that, and we're interested to know that, yeah to get to know it, to see what happens if we can develop the agency, possibility, the skill to ease. So we can feel contraction in the body, in the awareness, with any, uh, whenever there's push-pull, whenever there's tanha, there. Whether that's around the pleasant or the unpleasant, or the neutral as well. And what we're going to do today is we're going to use that 
uh, arising of contraction and the fact that it's something that we can learn to feel, yeah, to identify, to notice yeah, quite easily. Yeah. And we're going to use that as a way of reducing tanha and dukkha. Yeah. If we can recognize a contraction, we can find ways to relax that contraction. And as the contraction relaxes, the tanha eases, the dukkha goes down. Yeah, that's, that's the paradigm yeah, that we're playing along. And it's an exploration, it's an experiment. If you're sitting there and saying, does this make sense? Does this make sense? <laughs> if it does make sense, great. Yeah. If it doesn't yet, let's just practice and see. Yeah, this is about exploring for ourselves, exploring in our own experience how this makes sense. Yeah? Nothing we say, nothing uh, that uh, we say the Buddha said, none of that is about just believing, yeah, taking it at, at face value. Yeah? It's about really just seeing how does that show itself in my own experience and how is this useful to me or not. So it's also helpful uh, to say that our experience has a spectrum yeah, of gross to subtle, or subtle to gross, whichever way you want to see it. Yeah? Our experience always yeah, is moving along this spectrum. Some things are more gross, some things are more subtle. Our attention can be more gross and more subtle. Objects that are appearing to us can be more gross or more subtle. Yeah? Contraction can be more gross or more subtle. Yeah. So say, if you know, if you remember what feeling angry is like, <laughs> then when we're angry, there's sometimes a lot of contraction. Yeah, it's quite gross. Yeah, we can feel it quite grossly. And yet there can be a much more subtle level of aversion, yeah? That will still have contraction to it, it will just be more subtle. So there's a a, a spectrum there and just helpful to know that. So let's kind of go into this a little bit, a little bit more. Our usual paradigm uh, of being in the world, yeah, relating to experience, um, is to you know try and get what we want and try and get rid of what we don't want. <laughs> it's a really simple paradigm of humanity. We can see it, uh, you know, individually, and we can see you know what it's doing to our societies and our planet. Yeah, um, and we associate well-being, we associate happiness with that. Yeah? When I get what I want, I feel good. Yeah? I feel happy. When I get rid of what I don't want, yeah? that's what happiness is. If only that you know, pain in the shoulder will go away or that niggly thought, then, then my meditation will be good. <laughs> it's very human. But it's really got that root of ignorance in it, yeah? Associating our well-being, our happiness, with getting or getting rid of, yeah? And when we reflect a little bit more, yeah? 
we might actually consider that the relief and the well-being that comes when we get what we want, <laughs> or get rid of what we don't want, is actually the easing of that contraction and the reducing of that tanha. Because there's a moment there, at least, or a few moments, <sighs> when it eases. Yeah. I'm going to give a silly example. You know, the, the lunch queue. Yeah. So lunch on retreat is the, the temple <laughs> of our desires and our well-being. Yeah. I, as a yogi, can confess I have my strategies. Yeah. My main one being come late. And then there's no cue. <laughs> but, um, you know, really interesting. You know, what is it about queuing that's so terrible? You know, I come late. I'm, I'm going to get the food at the same time anyway than if I, I queued. Yeah? But I dislike that standing there and, you know, not knowing when it's going to come. It's, it's really interesting, right? But let's go, let's go back to your experience rather than mine. <laughs> yeah. If we're, you know, waiting, yeah, waiting in the queue, yeah, and the sense is when I get to the front of the queue, yeah, yeah, that's, or when I get my plate of food or when I sit down with it, yeah. That's, that's the happiness. <laughs> that's the happiness. Yeah, it's real, and and it, honesty is really helpful here yeah, to look at our experience. And when we contemplate that experience, yeah, contemplate that experience, and we think, what changes? Yeah, what changes? Hmm? And what changes is that contraction? Yeah, is that tanha? Because yeah. often we've sat down <laughs> with our with our food, yeah. and it doesn't take long. What what you know? And we're already thinking either about seconds or you know about something else. Yeah, we're not actually enjoying. It's not actually in that. Yeah, and it doesn't mean we don't appreciate the wonderful food that is here. Yeah. But it's that easing of the contraction. Yeah. Does that make sense to people? Yeah. And again, this is something to really look at uh, in our own experience. Really look at where is the well-being coming from? Is it in the getting of the thing or the getting rid of the thing? Yeah. Getting rid of the lunch queue in my case. <laughs> is it in that or is it in that yeah, relaxation of the contraction, the easing? of the demand, the easing of the push-pull. That's what we want to know. And the more we look at our experience, the more we can see that our happiness and our well-being are not in the objects, they're not in the events. Not just in that. They depend on our way of relating. They depend on our sensitivity and responsiveness. And so going directly yeah, to relieving that tana can be you know, a great gift that we give ourselves as we develop that skill. 
And we may have noticed, yeah, in practice, I've given examples, yeah, from practice here over the days. Yeah. I say here, I include, of course, those practicing at home. Yeah. And we've seen that the way we've approached our practice, the way we've approached our experience, yeah, has released that um, pull of the craving and the contraction and brought well-being. Sometimes, you know, with unpleasant phenomena, yeah, like tiredness, like pain, that release of needing to get rid of it, yeah, brought actually more ease and well-being into experience. Yeah. So we think, I need to get rid of this to get ease and well-being, but actually when we let go of that demand, yeah, the well-being and ease are already here. Yeah. We can touch into them. So craving, yeah, tanha and dukkha arise with contraction, arise with contraction. I told you I was going to say this quite a few more times <laughs> this morning, yeah. And they ease, yeah, as contraction eases, yeah. It's a codependency, a co-arising. And a lot of the practices we've been doing have actually been doing that. Yeah, they've been release, re- relaxing, releasing the contraction. You know, the the grounding in the body, the opening of the body space. Yeah, that basic thing that we've been doing that does that. Yeah, the staying with the you know looking at the vedanas and not getting caught up in yeah the build up does that. The deepening of the metta really does that, yeah, really does that. They all ease contraction, they all lessen dukkha and tanha. So part of our exploration and our training yeah, today is to start to recognize the contraction, to become sensitive to the contraction in the body or in awareness. Yeah, and seeing that, recognizing that, and recognizing it as an expression of dukkha. So we don't always even need to know what the story is or what it's associated with. Just know, ah, this contraction is unnecessary. Yeah? Don't need to be carrying it and seeing if we can um, ease it. And the body is... Um, it's a great ally for us yeah, in our practice. Um, and it's often more accessible and less sticky yeah, than the, the mental, emotional habits that may be associated with the same contraction or with the same dukkha might be. Yeah. So um, we try predominantly to work with the body here initially, yeah? really cultivate that sensitivity to recognize the contraction and the ways of easing it. And if you've been working primarily with sound, yeah, if that's a, a, a more accessible, more helpful uh, object for you, we can also do it with, with sound. Yeah? One thing you may have noticed about sound is that uh, when we listen to sound, the awareness naturally opens. Yeah, it's actually a very, very, very useful field. And we will notice then, because the awareness is more open, we'll also notice when it contracts around uh, particular sounds or distractions. 
So there's an interesting relationship here. We can say um, when there's tanha, yeah, there's contraction and a kind of the awareness shrinks and the, there's contraction in the body. When tanha, when craving fades, there's more space. Yeah? Yeah. We can kind of use that understanding. Yeah? There's dukkha with the contraction. And as we do that, we're shifting our focus from the object yeah, to the way of relating. Yeah. Touched on it last night. Tend to see, you know, the the well-being or the ill-being is in that thing. Yeah, whether that thing is external or internal, it's a thing that's separate. And we're shifting the focus from that to say, ah, what's going on in this system? Body, heart, mind system, contraction in this system. How can I ease it, even a little bit? And a little bit is a lot <laughs> when it comes to dukkha. Yeah? A little bit less dukkha is a lot. Yeah? Is a lot. So as we're kind of releasing the contractedness, we're easing the dukkha, and we're easing the relationship to phenomena, yeah, to objects yeah, in our experience. And we go directly to the contraction and the craving rather than the what it is yeah, or what it's doing. Yeah, so it's a change of kind of perspective, if you like. And we're very much working with the kind of relationship between body and mind here. Yeah? As the body relaxes, yeah, the dukkha goes down. Yeah? Yeah. Dukkha goes down, the body relaxes. We can also see it in that, in that uh, way. So one important thing to mention here. Um, we will often find quite a lot of relief in this way of of working with experience, yeah, of practicing. Um, sometimes we may feel like, ah, oh, it's not, it's actually not having the effect I'm expecting it, yeah. I'm, I'm relaxing the contraction, I'm relaxing the contraction, but the degree of dukkha doesn't seem to be changing, yeah. Call this, sometimes we refer to this as deal-making. <laughs> On a subtle level, yeah, on a subtle level, there may be the sense of, okay, I'm going to relax the contraction so I get rid of this pain, this emotion, this unpleasantness, this desire, whatever it is. Yeah? And so there's a deal-making there. Yeah? I'll pay attention to you. I'll relax the contraction so that you go away. Yeah? That's the kind of very, very human thing that, that, that we can get into. And so... We can kind of reframe a little bit instead of um, having just a sense of, okay, I'm letting go of my aversion <laughs> or, you know, uh, grasping on this. Um, I'm just going to kind of rest back into letting this be. Yeah, letting this be. Letting this be. You can arise, you can be, you can go in your own time. Yeah, letting this be. So just a few words about how this works in practice and then we'll have a practice together. So you may, you may already be feeling, seeing, sensing the relationship between this practice and meta practice. Yeah? 
but whether you do or you don't, metta attitude. Yeah, just like in any practice we've been doing. Yeah, metta attitude. This is about well-being. Yeah, this is about well-being. Yeah, we remember that. That's the primary thing. We're holding our experience in that way. Yeah, we're using the body as we have been. Yeah, grounding in the body and also opening uh, to a wide awareness, wide body awareness. And I'll I'll be guiding this, but I just want to use to say that we're going to work with that body awareness as the kind of field of sensitivity. That's whether we're using sound or body sensations or breath, you know, whatever we're using primarily as the object. And we're going to notice, yeah, the presence of contraction. Sometimes we'll notice dukkha first. <laughs> so there'll be a pain or a distraction of some sort, and then we come to the contraction. Sometimes we'll just notice, oh, suddenly the space has gotten smaller. Okay, contraction going on. Yeah? So we're open to that presence of contraction, knowing this is a sign of dukkha, this is a sign of craving. Yeah? This is, comes along with those. Um, and then we're going to explore ways to relax that contraction. Yeah, directly working with that contraction, explore ways to relax it. And there's a few, and I'll mention them also in the meditation, but I'm just going to say them now. Um, one is just inviting the contraction in the body or in the space of awareness to relax. And it can be through relaxing the body, yeah, an invitation to relax rather than an order. Yeah. Inviting the body to relax as much as possible, or the contraction to relax as much as possible. Yeah doesn't relax completely, that's fine. Yeah? We don't add contraction to that contraction. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's okay. Yeah. We might uh, relax the contraction through um, letting go in relationship to the phenomena. Yeah? So uh, we might just say, you can be here, you can be here. Or we might use a gentle label of, ah, this is dukkha because of the contraction. Yeah? Really, really, wor- really works when <laughs> with the desire aspects of our experience, yeah, fantasy, yeah, whatever it is. This is dukkha because of the contraction. And that understanding supports the, that clenched fist I was talking about later to open, yeah, to an open hand, yeah, less demand, more openness. It can also be a kind of a further deepening of a practice we've already been touching on, of welcoming, yeah, welcoming things to appear, yeah, to arise, to be, to go in their time. Just having a sense of welcoming uh, whatever is there. Uh, so um, that's, that's the kind of overview of the practice, and um, we'll explore it together uh, now to actually feel into it ourselves. So, if it would be helpful to stand up or stretch any part of the body before we settle into the practice, then please do. If you need to change posture, also welcome.
And when you're ready, settling into your posture for this time. Is taking some moments to settle into the body, make many any adjustments that are needed to the posture so body is as stable and balanced and steady as possible. Inviting the awareness more fully and deeply into the body. If it's helpful, grounding in the sensations of contact. Contact of the body with the seat, with the ground. Letting the awareness gather and collect and ground in the contact sensations. And inviting the awareness to open, to expand through the body. Letting awareness fill the whole body Expand through the whole body. Maybe a little larger than the body.
and throughout the practice as much as possible where keeping that awareness wide, open, stretched, expanded through the whole body. If you're using sound as your primary object, you may just open the awareness to the realm of sound. Within this wide open space of awareness, tuning in to the meta intention, tension of interest, of kindness. This practice, a uh, gesture of kindness, an act of kindness. Through the practice, staying tuned, attuned to this wide space of awareness, either through the whole body or a little bit larger. Being clear with ourselves whether we're using the soundscape, the realm of sound as the primary resting place of awareness or whether it's the body awareness, be quite a subtle body awareness, or this field of awareness through the body. We'll take a few moments so that each of us is clear around that, what's the primary field of the practice.
And we're just going to have that intention, that interest, that sensitivity. And noticing contraction when it arises. So this might be when we find ourselves distracted from the primary object of our practice. Might be body sensations that are pulling our attention, a particular sound that we're contracting around. Might be a fantasy, a thought. Whatever it is, our interest is in the experience of contraction in the body or the space of awareness rather than the particular story or thing or object. Really attuning, sensitizing. The field of awareness in the body, physicality of the body. place where contraction can be noticed, can be known. When we notice that contraction, we can explore in a couple of ways. Uh, Invitation to relax and ease contraction in the body and in awareness. So we can do that through inviting the body and mind to relax and let go, or by just reaffirming that softening through the body through the space of awareness and opening the awareness to the whole body or to the whole soundscape. And we might, for some of us, what may be useful is just that gentle reminder. Sistuka, because of the contraction. Dukkha because of the contraction. This is going to be our practice. We keep the awareness wide, either through sounds or through the body. When we notice contraction, just working in one of these ways to ease and relax. Either the noting of this is dukkha because of the contraction or the invitation to soften, to open, to relax the body and awareness.
And as we do this, we're interested to feel what's the experience of contraction like? What's the experience of contraction, relaxing, releasing like? Any well-being that arises as we practice in this way, staying with that, lingering with it, Let's explore this for a while in silence.
Just noticing gently what's unfolding in experience right now. Without judgment, with any contraction, what happens when we remember, ah, dukkha, because of the contraction. If we invite the body to relax as much as possible, we soften and open awareness through the whole field of the body, maybe larger than the body. We open two sounds, the fluidity of their appearance and disappearance. Again and again, over and over. Opening and softening the space of awareness. Sensitive to the arising of contraction and attentive. Recognizing its relationship to dukkha. And inviting it to relax and ease. Noticing and lingering with any well-being that arises as we practice in this way.
for the last minute of the practice. Seeing if we can open out once again. Awareness wide and sensitive. Open through the whole body. And just tuning in to a sense of welcoming any phenomena that arises. Letting it all appear and be and go in its own time. And the bell as well. Welcome to appear. Welcome to be. And welcome to disappear. Like with any of the other practices so far, if this is something that feels interesting or um, kind of uh, alive for you, then you can use this as a primary practice through the day. If there's something else yeah, that we've already been touching on or practice that you've come with and that feels like the thing to develop, to deepen into, then feel free to do that. Yeah, you don't need to follow uh, the trajectory of instructions. And this is definitely a practice we can uh, take with us, both into uh, the formal sitting stillness practice here in the hall uh, or at home, uh, or into the walking practice, and also into the in-betweens, as my examples of lunch probably emphasized here. <laughs> You can just have, a and, and really helpful to have just a light sense as we move around the day, not trying to have too um, kind of, uh, not, not a laser beam of attention, but a light mindfulness yeah, 
in the body and the whole body and just noticing the arising of contraction and then that invitation in any of the ways that uh, I've offered or you may find your own way yeah a different way yeah to just invite that to relax and to open in the walking we can really uh, kind of tune in, we've been touching on this from the beginning, to the possibility of having a sense of the whole body walking. Yeah? It can be really helpful to begin a uh, walking practice or if you're doing a moving practice in a, in a, from a sitting or a lying down, to begin with stillness. Yeah? So sitting still if that's what you're doing or standing at the beginning of your path, just tuning in to the sense of the whole body yeah? and that awareness through the whole body. And then as you begin your movement, whether that's walking or moving the hand, um, just having a sense of uh, that whole body yeah, there in the movement, yeah, the whole body. And within that, we can be sensitive to the arising of contraction yeah, and then the softening of it, the arising of it and the softening of it. This can also support us at times when we find ourselves already entangled <laughs> yeah, in something, yeah, which we now perhaps know to recognize as dukkha. Yeah, or we're going to even, if we're not convinced, we can try on that way of looking and say, okay, not convinced, but I'm going to see this fantasy, <laughs> yeah, this rehashing of a conversation that I've had or I want to have, yeah, whatever's going on there. What happens if I see it as dukkha? If I notice the contraction in the body and I ease it? Yeah. How does this pan out for me uh, as a way of looking? Does it bring uh, any easing of the experience? Does it bring any well-being? And yeah, really remembering this part. Yeah, any well-being that arises, stay for it. Stay in it. Yeah, savor it. Absorb it. Don't look for the contraction there. <laughs> yeah, just sink into it, you know, just like some of you are. You've got the sun on you now. Whether you feel it or not might not be felt yet, but just like soaking in the sun, soaking in the well-being you know, that arises. It's, it's an important aspect of our practice. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.